About this movie, Charlotte O'Sullivan of the London Evening Standard says, basically, whether laughing with this film or at it, you'll have a blast. Adam Smith of Empire Magazine says, laughably bad and fantastically good all at once, this is a guilty pleasure that everyone can enjoy. But Letterboxd user Serviceman says that he doesn't feel guilty about loving this movie. On this episode of Ruined Childhoods, we decide the fate of Flash Gordon. Reboot. Which one will it be? It's the Ruined Childhoods Podcast. Greetings, Starfighters. Is that Ming, the Merciless? Except less racist? Yes, no, Ming, the, uh, yes. Dan, the, I don't know, Dan, pretty laid back? What's that? Dan, the pretty laid back? Dan, the nondescript, I don't know. <laughs> hey, well, that's who we are. Yeah, yeah. And you're listening to Ruined Childhoods, everybody. John the Jubilant. Oh, yeah? I don't know. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, thanks, Lexapro. <laughs> so, Dan, uh, uh, this is a, a very exciting episode. We get to talk about this campy space opera that uh, without this movie, we would not have the Star Wars franchise. Like, this is... Well, without the, uh, without the source material for this movie, we with, would not have... Right, this. but with, without the source material, but also because George Lucas originally wanted to do this and found out that it was already going to be produced, right? he decided instead to write Star Wars. So, uh, yes. Yeah, okay, yes, yes. In that, in that respect, yeah, absolutely. In that respect, yes, absolutely. Um, before we launch into it, though... <laughs> launch. <laughs> launch. Uh, into I do space. want to mention, I feel like I've been giving periodic updates about one particular movie, and that would be the Toxic Avenger reboot. And uh, there's been a lot of casting news coming out of it. Dan, have you heard of any of these? I I feel like I saw a rumor about something, but I don't I I don't know how true it is. So I I think that until now, all we've really heard about is I think Jacob Tremblay, but there's been some uh, and and Peter Dinklage, but there's been some uh, new news uh elijah wood is going to be joining the cast as well as the film's villain played by kevin bacon nice yeah i what i love about it is that with each of these you know uh, news bits it really fills me with joy because it it legitimizes the original toxic avenger even more i mean the toxic crusader cartoon show certainly helped but like you know for it to be coming back now and for there to be this type of uh i don't know news coming out about it and these high profile names uh it's very exciting for me yeah i mean none no slouches among them no slouches among them. That is right. No, it's a quality so, cast. Nice. Yeah. Dan, did you have any, maybe any more thoughts about Three Days of the Condor? Any news bits you wanted to talk about? No, no, I've, I, I have nothing. I am, I am a blank slate. This, I am not a blank slate because Flash Gordon, but, um, no, I am, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to blast off. <laughs> but, uh, before we really, the, while we're still talking, a, you know, I just mentioned Three Days of the Condor, our last episode. I'm curious, Dan, because Max von Sydow is, was also in that. And that was, you know, uh, I think like five years before this movie. And, you know, we talk a lot about how he, in a lot of our minds, has kind of always been this older character. Um, I'm wondering, have you seen... Uh, any of his earlier stuff, I know a lot of it is like, what, Swedish? 
Well, so, yeah, like, I mean, I there's the Bergman, like the Seventh Seal. Well, there's the Seventh Seal. I was gonna say that was kind of like the the most popular of his earlier works. Yeah, no, I I think the earliest of his films that I've seen, I mean, could be The Exorcist. Uh, right. I would have to I I would have to double check the IMDb. What year was The Exorcist? Seventy three. Okay, so that was just before Three Days of the Condor. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that for me, I didn't realize it was him, but Flash Gordon was probably the first movie I ever saw featuring him. Oh, yeah, no, I definitely saw saw Flash Gordon before I saw The Exorcist. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you never know. It's like it could have slipped past your radar a little bit. I don't no, know. I, I would I would say as a you know whatever like five year old with HBO. Uh, no, Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon was definitely like I don't remember the first time I saw it, but uh, it was a long time ago. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't in the theater, but it was. I mean, definitely. Like, there's a lot. There are things that I remember. Of course, there's also things that I thought I remembered that are not in the movie. Like, yeah, I think that in my mind, because I probably saw this around the time that I was also watching movies like Big Trouble in Little China that also that have, you know, similar uh, racist characters uh, depicting, you know, uh, people who are either Asian or Asian presenting. I don't think that... uh, the the planet was it Mongo has Asia in it, but uh, Asian presenting, I guess you can say. Look, it's it's an entire it's like an Earth centric galaxy because there are like the Hawkmen, and it's like are there so, hawks on other planets? I'm and okay. men. All right, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna get to a synopsis soon, but <laughs> since you brought it up. I have to point something out. And and here's the thing. This movie is campy as hell. It's a cult classic because it's fun and it's not known for being a great movie. Uh, It's certainly a beloved comic strip and, you know, property going way back to the 30s. But this movie is regarded as just being a campy cult classic and it's just a hell of a lot of fun. And, um, you know, it's got that, that Queen song that <laughs> just, like, sticks in your head. But, yes, the very first line of the movie, and I'm going to actually play it right now. Vitus, I'm bored. What a place they can go off it today. And obscure obscure body body the obscure body of the SK system of your majesty. The inhabitants of Plato is the planet... It's the Universal logo. Well, and it's a Universal picture, which is always so funny when uh, when a Universal picture starts with that giant planet and then it's a space movie. Mm, doesn't get better. Uh, or Waterworld, where all the, when it's uh, in- the ice caps melt. When it's everything. integrated into it, right? <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, yeah I guess the, there's so, the first uh, remake idea. Let's let's make that Universal logo part of that opening. But, yeah, well, I love that opening. So Right, but what I'm saying is we... Okay, Ming is finding out about Earth, and then seconds later goes to a panel of buttons that include all sorts of natural disasters, one of which is earthquake i know was he just like (laughs) was he just like oh a planet called earth that's funny because i have this button that says earthquake on it so is that where that comes from oh is that the same thing yeah (laughs) and what i loved about it is now (laughs) it's the first thing you see in the movie and it's just like already this is kind of poorly thought out the <laughs> expectations are set appropriately from the get-go, but also because yeah. there's it, it's that campy like Clytus, I'm bored. Well, so I feel like there's a lot of similarities, and I actually checked to see if 
there were some of the same people who did like the makeup or costuming between this movie and Masters of the Universe, which was what, seven years later. And because there, I felt like there was a lot of similarities there, but also Max von Sydow and Frank Langella play their villain characters with such gravitas. And it's just like, they came there to play and they, they didn't care if the scripts were schlocky, if the costumes and the, the settings were over the top, they were just like, no, I am a legit actor and I'm going to legit act the shit out of this. I got to throw Topol in, into that boat yeah. for, uh, for Flash Gordon. I have to say Topol gives it, gives it his, uh, Topol, like, what else did he do? A Fiddler on the Roof? Well, He's an Israeli actor. Um, mm-hmm. I believe that he, ha- I mean, probably internationally had a a bigger career than we realize. He played Dr. Zarkov. And before we just get super into it, why don't I just read the synopsis? Because yeah. we'll learn a little bit more about uh, Zarkov, Topol's uh, character. Flash, a football star, and Dale, a barely one-dimensional woman, are on a private jet to New York, but get caught in the crossfire of an intergalactic menace named Ming the Merciless, who got bored and decided to wreak havoc on dumb little planet Earth. But when Flash and Dale crash land into the lab of Dr. Zarkov, an ex-NASA scientist-turned-conspiracy theorist, he coaxes them aboard his homemade space shuttle, and the three unknowingly embark on a journey to save Earth. They land on planet Mongo, which is under Ming's rule. As they meet Ming, he orders Dale to be made his wife. He brainwashes Zarkov to become part of his military and orders Flash to be executed. But Ming underestimates the Earthling ability to be stubborn as hell. Zarkov fakes his brainwashing and Dale manages to fight through Ming's advances and his potion that discourages her from fighting him off. Flash, on the other hand, is aided by Ming's daughter, Aura, who has a hard-on for Gordon. Flash Gordon, that is. The two head to Arborea, led by Prince Baron, who is romantically involved with Princess Aura. On their way, she gives Flash the ability to communicate with Dale using telepathy, who lets her know that he's alive, well, and, like, totally turned on by Princess Aura. Baron is skeptical of Flash, so he challenges him to a deadly game of Don't Make Daddy, Scorpion Edition. Flash wins just as they are all abducted by a team of Hawkmen, who bring them back to Ming's kingdom. Flash and Baron are ordered to fight to the death as they spar on a spiky circular platform that tilts by Voltan, the head Hawkman's remote control. Flash ends up winning, but ultimately saves Prince Baron, gaining his trust and loyalty. Once Ming shows up, he tries to make nice with Flash, offering him rulership of Earth. After declining, he takes off for Arborea, hoping to get there before Ming destroys another civilization. Flash, Prince Baron, Princess Aura, Voltan, and Zarkov work together to take down Ming, ultimately piercing him with their vehicle, just as he is about to marry Dale. So, Sam J. Jones famously plays Flash Gordon. Uh, Melody Anderson, uh, actress-turned-social worker, plays Dale Arden. Uh, as we mentioned before, Max von Sydow is Emperor Ming the Merciless. Topol is uh, Dr. Zarkov. We have Timothy Dalton as Prince Baron acting his ass off and really <laughs> committing. Uh, Brian Blessed is Voltan. And um, who else do we have? There's a lot of, you know, a lot of people that you'd recognize uh, thrown throughout here. We have Richard O'Brien in there. We've got Robbie Coltrane in a small role. Oh, right, 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 yeah. Kenny Baker has a cameo. R- Richard um, O'Brien, uh, people might know as Riff Raff from the Rocky Horror Riff Picture Raff. Show. I Exactly, yeah. I would imagine. I'm trying to think of where else. I, he's in a I lot mean, of other things, but, Right, yeah. but that's... Yeah, his most memorable Iconic. moment. So, so Dan, I this is a this was a really weird one to synopsize because it's so easy to just kind of like lose track of what's going on. But I feel like I got the most of it. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, and of course, like the plot has such little to do with what makes this movie work. I guess. Yeah, I you know. Something that's important to note is that people like Baron or Voltan, they are 
loyal to Ming until they are convinced otherwise, and they are vehemently against Ming. So it's like Flash inspires them to revolt. Yes. But up until that moment, they are staunchly pro-Ming. No. In their actions. Flash is the Mockingjay, to borrow a Hunger Games reference. (laughs) Totally. Complete with his own gear. Like, they even, like, he's got a a whole, like, he's got the Flash t-shirt going in, which he's the star quarterback for the New York Jets. Yeah. Right. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah, I mean, we, we grew up like our dad had Jets season tickets, so yeah, we would go to the Jets games. So that was always something that I thought was cool was that like Flash Gordon was a quarterback for the, for the Jets. <laughs> if only he was really a quarterback for the Jets. Yes. That would have made it even cooler. Yeah. No, they, they, they might win games. Uh, so yeah, it, um, what a and and the acting is is so oh sorry before i get to the acting did you pick up i was looking at like i love the models of like the of the spaceships and yeah, it reminded me there so were certain much things it reminded me sorry, so much ahead. of earth girls are easy yeah there is definitely an earth girls are easy element to some of it it's funny because like certain things look great like the the very psychedelic, like swirling, colorful clouds, like that has a really awesome look to it. And then like some of the costuming looks like it's made of tinfoil. Right. And, right. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's it's like it's basically like community theater, like the especially right. like the lizard man costume, especially. Oh. Yeah, it's just somebody in a very silly looking lizard costume and. Uh, I'm just going to play the clip oh. because this this is when we really catch a glimpse of a lizard man. Hold, lizard man. Escape is impossible. Sir. <laughs> President, <laughs> now to the presence of a member of the Let's not argue with it. Uh, I love like how they just... Yelp. They, well, that little lizard man, it was, it was also like, what what was was he was like a prisoner i guess but like i i don't know i i didn't have any idea and there's just like this like uh, dude in a lizard costume scampering behind right. flash and zarkov and and dale and that it's called they didn't even make up some sci-fi name for him they're like you know nope. stop amphibior <laughs> right lizard man yeah and what's also interesting is like this was made after Star Wars where, you know, that kind of, you know, it changed the game in terms of like how space movies could look and feel. Well, they were, yeah. I mean, it play, this, this movie comes out like, what, six months after The Empire Strikes Back. Right, yeah. Which at the time, those, the effects in the Star Wars movies which were, you know, the pra- practical effects yeah. were done. It made everything look so realistic. But that, but that's also where I kind of, where I appreciate this because that it sets it apart from, from Star Wars. Yeah. And it makes, and I don't know, my conflict th- throughout watching the whole movie was like, would I rather that there was a really good actor playing Flash Gordon in a really campy style? Would I rather uh-huh. that there was a really good actor playing Flash Gordon, you know, s- straight up? Period. Yeah. Or is this really the best way? <laughs> like, is this well, Sam Jones performance the best like, is this actually the... Is it the right way? This might be yeah, the right you know, thing. But I think that there is something to be said about actors who are really good at playing it over the top and cheeky. You know, like people like Bruce Campbell, who could certainly pull off something like this and commit to it in a way that still gives it credibility but also is cheeky and reminiscent of like the comic strip. And I know this movie's praised for like having the feel of the, uh, the source material essentially. So 
No, you just gave the perfect example, though. Bruce Campbell would have been... He would have he would have kept the campiness of the performance, but also made it more real. It really did feel like Sam Jones was like reading lines off cue cards. Yeah. Well, I mean, most of his dialogue was dubbed. So yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I guess maybe that's why. Yeah. Why? That's probably why. And yeah, I I mean, some another name that comes to mind, and this maybe would have been more. 10 years ago, 15 years ago, but like Nathan Fillion, you know, certainly Mm -hmm. knows how to do that, uh, that cheeky character, you know, adding the gravitas, but also knowing how to like dial up the schlock. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. And actually that, uh, an an actor who was offered the role of Flash Gordon, but turned it down, Kurt Russell. Right. Yeah. Speaking of big trouble in little China, big trouble in little China. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny because just talking about those two movies, once again, really quickly, it's like, you know, there's certainly the similar elements. There's the, you know, the very, like, mystical bad guy. There's this floating thing that can, you know, kill somebody, like, in a second. You know, it's like all these things that, uh, I don't know, kind of cross over where it's almost like, like, what year was Big Trouble in Little China? 86. Yeah, so it's almost like this was a, you know, it could have been a, I don't know, such like spiritual remake of Flash Gordon, where it's like, what if it was like Flash Gordon, except it took place like on Earth? Well, let's see, Flash Gordon, this, Jack Burton. No, I don't know, maybe. Yeah. It's like, you know, he's not a football player, he's a truck driver, and you know, it's like, I don't know. Could be. Just John John Carpenter kind of maybe took the spirit of it and worked it, re- reworked it. Who knows? Yeah, maybe for Kurt. I mean, it just it has a very similar vibe to it. Um, so Dan, when's the last time that you saw this movie? Do you think? I don't. I I probably. I, I mean, like maybe within the last ten or fifteen years. But like okay. when you when we say saw, it means like I probably put it on late at night and uh-huh. and fell asleep watching it right yeah so yeah. i, I yeah. don't know uh, so what what were your thoughts about it on this rewatch there were parts of it that i really enjoyed and there were there were other parts of it that like i said with with sam jones i i was like frustrated because uh I felt like oh, th- this could be done better. Same, and also M- Melody Anderson as well. I felt it, it was at times the what I felt what what I felt was the appropriate tone, but at other points, her performance was just a little too too. I mean, it all this is all due respect to community theater, but. <laughs> Yeah. There were aspects that were very community theater. Now, of course, it would make sense that Topol would, would stand out because, um, you know, I don't know. I feel like that's always the, the, the most entertaining actor in the community theater troupe is, yeah. you know, just that older, <laughs> wacky guy. The older, wacky guy. That's right. I, lo- I mean, uh, I'm trying to think if I have any clips that feature him, but I'm not quite sure. Well, that first one, I don't know if you grabbed the, the, the when he's first realizing that, like, all of his research oh, is right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, so this is when um when this is right after Ming has started wreaking havoc on Earth. Talk to Sarkov. There's no sun. It's 8:24 in the morning and there's no sun. No sun? No. Check, Check the, the angular effect, effect of, of the moon. Seemingly there is no reason for these extraordinary intergalactic upsets. Only Dr. Heinz Sarkov, formerly at NASA, has provided any explanation. His ideas, however, have been rejected by the scientific community as irrational. According the news to is conveniently NASA, about him. This morning's unprecedented solar eclipse is no cause for alarm. A team of NASA scientists has been in conference with the president since 7 o'clock this morning. What do you find? The moon out of orbit? By more than 12 degrees. This must be a mistake. That's no mistake. It's an attack. I love the dramatic sound effect after it's an attack. 
Oh yeah, the the just that that I was gonna say that lightning strike, but that that crack of thunder, that crack of thunder, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's wonderful. That I mean, that one doesn't really highlight his lunacy as much as it uh, features his, you know, at the moment assistant who uh, doesn't quite make it. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Um, but he also. Yeah, there's this... played by William Hootkins, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah, he looks familiar. I couldn't think of what Let's else he what was else... in, and I did not did not look it up in the uh, moment. Let's see. He was in Oh, he was in Star Wars. He played Jack Tano Porkins. Yes. Yes. That's where I recognize him from. He's Which the... one is that? I think like stay on stay on target. Stay uh, okay. on target. All right. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Raiders of the Lost Ark, he was Major Eaton. Yes. He was in a couple of the Pink Panther movies. No, now I really, uh, yeah, no, now, I mean, I never made Superman the connection. Superman 4, Quest for Peace, he had quite the career. Wow. You know he who else? He was in a lot of really fascinating stuff. Island of Dr. Moreau. Oh, which one? Wow, the the really Val Kilmer? A, <laughs> yeah, the, 96 one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. You know who else pops up in this movie that was a familiar face? And I couldn't believe it was him because I saw him and I was like, damn, he looks like that guy. And then I saw in the credits, I was like, it is that guy. So uh, the actor's name is George Harris. He's the soldier who, who tries to kill Ming towards the beginning. Um, he's right, the, the, yeah. the, uh, the black soldier who... Sure. Yeah. Uh, and I looked... I looked at him and I was like, man, he looks like the guy from, from the Harry Potter movies. The Harry like Potter K- movies. Kingsley. Kingsley Shacklebolt. Yeah, Kingsley Shacklebolt. And then I saw, I, I looked at the cast, like, damn, that it is that guy. Like, He was also in Raiders. He was Captain Katanga. I mean, he aged like five years in 25 years, I think. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, no, anyway, really, uh, is really cool. Really, uh, that was really impressive. A, a, a lot of Nazi stuff in this, though. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot there's, of, like, they're definitely saying well, Heil Ming. Yeah. Well, also, when they're brainwashing Zarkov, it's kind of flashing through his entire life up until the point where he's like a zygote and he's like looking at himself like as a zygote and uh it's really fascinating and there's definitely a lot of like nazi imagery there and it seemed almost like his father was like a nazi scientist or something oh i thought they were holocaust survivors maybe they were holocaust survivors it was really hard to tell from the very just like the flashes of what was going on yeah i don't know that was i got the impression that they were holocaust survivors and... I think that the only reason why I thought otherwise was because there's a history of, you know, like the U.S. government hiring Nazi scientists. Yes. No, no, no. That uh, that could also make sense. I don't I Maybe it was just because like the way that that it was all portrayed and all like the the Nazi clips and, and Hitler clips uh-huh. and all that. But. Yeah, definitely. Uh, There's definitely quite a bit of of that. Um, And there's also like some scenes that are are both written and acted as though they are like porn scenes, just without the the porn part. Are you talking about the horny telepathy scene? Uh, among others, yeah, I mean... Let's take a listen y- to that. Yeah. This is when uh, Princess Aura is taking Flash to uh, Arborea and is telling him of a way that he can communicate with Dale Arden. It's me, Flash. Are you getting over? Oh, my head. Oh, Flash, it was you. She's not getting me. Don't use your mouth. Use your brain. I'm with you, Dale. Just concentrate hard and think to me. It's telepathy. Over. Can this be real? I saw you were executed. I was saved. I'm still alive. Oh, my God. 
Where are you? In a rocket, racing to Arboria to get help. Are you okay? Over? I'm lost. Princess Aura is biting his earlobe. Girls know how, Dale. It's been done to me. Take him out till I get back. Over. It's too dangerous for you here. You can't come back. Stay where you're safe. Oh my god, this girl's really turning me on. I didn't quite get that. Think it again. Forget I thought it. It wasn't about you. Over. What? Hang up. I've got to go. Where? Someone's coming. Got to stop thinking to each other. So, Dan, I'm not sure if you are quite familiar with this, but did you know that there also is a, uh, I guess, version of this called Flesh Gordon? I've never seen it, but I've definitely heard of it. I think it was 1974 around there and you know similar storyline except uh every i think it's planet porno instead of planet mongo and you know there's just like all sorts of stuff like that and um i think it's more of like a it's not like porn porn it's just like a you know I don't know, a salacious version um, yeah, a more adult version with with just like nudity and stuff but not porn porn and uh yeah and it's it's ripe for it i mean flesh gordon is just sitting there that's low-hanging fruit <laughs> nice all right um yeah it, it, it it's definitely like you're watching the scenes and it's like it's like i'm watching the porno without the pornographic parts and just the dialogue yeah and the acting of course Right. It's almost like, uh, Dan, I know you're, you've probably seen the movie Orgasmo. Mm-hmm. It reminds me a lot of like the set pieces and the costumes from Orgasmo. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, uh, what, what was it? Um, I mean, yeah, the movie's just kind of crazy. Like there's a football scene. <laughs> oh yeah. The football fight, the, famous the football, football fight, fight scene, the football fight is, is hilarious. I mean, this is why it's one of those movies that you just have to see. Whether or not you enjoy it, you just have to see it because there's no way to accurately describe the the lunacy of of things yeah. like the football scene. So I want to ask you one more question um, about the relationship between Flash and Dale. Um, <laughs> so they go from complete strangers to absolutely in love with each other to the point where he's just like, let's have babies together. And she's like, we're getting married. And they maybe haven't even had any kiss yet or anything. Like it's, it's kind of bizarre because the first inkling of it is when they're on planet Mongo and he like sees princess aura and she's just like, um, don't forget that I'm here. I'm right here. And it's just like, yeah, it's just like, uh, we just met. Like, I've known her almost as long as I've known you. So, like, chill out. Yeah, that's the... I, I was trying to figure out, like, what the time frame of the movie is, but it it feels like they met It's like that a morning. day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like... like well, yeah, well on... they talk about how he saw her at, like, the hotel, but didn't say anything. So right. they just ha- both happen to be taking this private jet. Yeah. Yeah. We learn nothing about her. I was trying to find out like what is like her job, like what's going on with her, but you find there's I couldn't find anything. I thought she was a a journalist and I don't know if I'm just equating her with like Lois Lane. Lois Lane. Yeah. Just kind of following the uh I don't know, I guess the the archetype. But yeah, according to the the Wikipedia page like for the character um yeah there is yeah because i think i saw that and it was just like yep she and flash gordon and zarkov like they are a team oh wait so hold on in i think she finally got like a career in 2011 Oh, good for her. Uh, for the Dynamite Comics series Flash Gordon Zeitgeist, where she's a car- cartographer and researcher for the State Department in 1934. Okay. Cartographer. So, okay, I'm glad you also said 1934 because, like, a cartographer in 2011 is like, 
Oh, does she work for like Google Maps? Like, yeah, she drives the, what, what kind the, of cartography do you car. need? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what cartography do you need so much? I mean, okay. Before all the cartographers email us, ruinedchildhoodspods at ruinedchildhoodspod at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, I, I can totally understand it more for it being a 1934 job. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Oh, you know what? There was a version. So Filmation did an animated Flash Gordon in, in 1979. Right, yeah. And she was a journalist in that. Okay. All right. But yeah, I was not basing my guess at all on any yeah, knowledge. <laughs> there's been a lot of iterations of this. Um, there, It was rumored that there was going to be a movie reboot, I think, in 2014. I think maybe it was MGM that bought the rights. Something like that. Yeah, there uh, was... Let me see if I can... Yeah, there was... De- 20th Century Fox, sorry. They purchased it from Hearst Entertainment, at least according to Collider magazine yeah no uh they were going to be doing a i think there were a few projects that were talked about like there was going to be a flash gordon 3d i think at you know oh yeah probably 10 years ago when 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 3d was all the rage all the rage man uh so yeah hold on let's see i had some notes on that before so there was, uh, I mean, all of the cast were, they were signed for sequels, but the movie wasn't right. quite as successful as they had hoped. And also Sam Jones had disagreements with uh, Dino uh, De Laurentiis. De Laurentiis, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, right. And this yeah. is the second Dino De Laurentiis movie in a row that we've done, because uh, he did Three Days of the Condor. Oh, yes. Yes, he did. Yeah, Dino De Laurentiis uh, was, I, I think that he actually did produce a spaghetti western, but like kind of brought that, you know, Italian mentality into the films that he did work on um, in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, got his start in the 40s producing films. Um, some of the stuff that, you know, might be familiar to some people is La Strada uh, with, that he did with Fellini. Um, who was attached to direct this at a certain point. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, 1956, uh, 56, uh, War and Peace. Uh, yeah, there's just a, a whole whole lot of stuff. Really, really busy guy. Um, I think that uh, it wasn't until the 60s that he really started to make his name in the States with movies like Barbarella. Um, he did the King Kong remake in seventy. The King Kong, the seventy six King Kong remake. Um, yeah, I, Halloween two, Conan the Barbarian, um, some of the Amityville movies, uh, Firestarter, Conan the Destroyer, Dune, Maximum Overdrive. I think a few uh, Stephen King. Yeah, Dune movies. is another movie that that has some. There's some similarities with Flash Gordon. Absolutely, Dune sporting. I would say the higher production value. Yeah, and then again with uh, David Lynch with uh, Blue Velvet and um, King Kong Lives, Evil Dead 2, speaking of Bruce Campbell, uh, Army of Darkness, yeah, you know, just like tons and tons and tons of movies. Uh, U571, Hannibal, Red oh, yeah. Dragon, Last Legion, Hannibal Rising, like tons of movies. Yeah, yeah. Dino De Laurentiis. No, um... So the the plans there were some plans for Flash Gordon. Uh, so as as you said, Fox had the rights, and they were going to do a movie. They were going to have Matthew Vaughn directing. Um, Matthew Vaughn, who's on my my short list of directors that I think would be very good for a a, uh, a, a reboot of Flash Gordon. And what are some uh, of his other movies? Layer Cake, uh, the Kingsman right. yes. movies, yeah. So yeah, the the spirit of those Kingsman movies I feel would fit well with the Flash Gordon. Yeah, vibe. the the pace and there's a lot of it and visually he's a, he did X Men. Oh wait, did he do an X Men movie? Um, no, he did Kick Ass. Okay, he did Kick Ass. I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of Matthew Vaughn. Um, so and then there was going to be an animated film uh, after Disney. Uh, took over Fox and uh, Taika Waititi was going to be writing and directing that, but then that fell through. And he's another name oh, that I had on that 
shortlist before well, reading yeah, this. Yeah, because yeah. you look at a movie like Thor Ragnarok and what I can only imagine Thor Love and Thunder is going to be like. And yeah. You know, you just know that the there's like the vapor wavy style that he's got would really make a for a fun Flash Gordon movie. Yeah, it you know, it, it, it makes sense and uh and I guess my my short list had uh the the only, my short list was very short, but my other uh name or I guess names uh were the the Wachowski or Wachowski uh-huh. sisters. So uh and I was thinking about Speed Racer. Which was, right. uh, you know, a movie that that I enjoyed watching. I didn't see it in the theater, but I watched it at home and and enjoyed it. So I felt that they could get between the, between that and like the the Matrix movies, uh, even yeah. like the look of Jupiter Ascending. I thought they could make a pretty cool <laughs> uh, Flash Gordon. So yeah, and who would you? Uh, I'm sorry. Are you oh. suggesting a, a remake or a reboot? Uh, no. Well, it's kind of more like it, this was more where my my mind was going. My mind went to a few different places with this. So, um, I, I guess I'll just I'll just keep trucking on uh, the the whole Disney Fox idea and how much Disney is just loving their like Disney Plus series and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it makes makes me think that perhaps a a reboot not necessarily of the movie but of the serials and doing a uh you know like doing a series of flash gordon adventures but Mm -hmm. like doing it uh, you know old school minus minus the you know offensive ethnic uh right misrepresentations and, and and stereotypes so um that that so this basically what I have for you is I have I have that idea, um, my other idea because thinking about just the campiness and the theatricality of it would be turning it into a musical, and I know uh-huh. that there's already like the We Are the Champions musical with Queen, but why can't we have two? Why can't we take the music of Flash Gordon and like the songs that Queen did for like Highlander and Iron Eagle, Headlong and yeah. all that shit, and like One Vision. And make do like a Flash Gordon musical with the music of Queen. Uh, I mean, I don't know what else you'd throw in there. Maybe you'd open it up and make it just like a glam rock musical, but I don't think you need to. I think Queen's got enough that could work, and they've got enough also in their back catalog. So it it's not like right, you need right. to have a Bohemian Rhapsody or or We Will Rock You. So. I mean, you can just, you have Flash Gordon and um, you know all those other great great songs that they did that totally fit the vibe of this. And and then in terms of just like remaking it, I did throw together like I I, I was like, who would I like to see in a cast of of this? And I was thinking um, of a, a more of a, a diverse cast. So uh, mm-hmm. I'll I'll share that that with you um my first thought was for that for flash i felt donald glover was still in the appropriate age range and okay. would just have the right uh you know like attitude i mean it's like yes you you could go you could easily you know pick a hemsworth any hemsworth and yeah and i i think that yeah chris hemsworth seems to be a more obvious choice i think because we're just used to seeing him as this blonde you know he's thor yeah yeah god yeah he's he's thor which is which is why i don't want to see like i want to see someone who's you know i guess not the tip i couldn't and like i was trying to think of all right who would I get excited about? And I thought about like Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian in Solo. Yeah. And I thought about, I'm like, he could, like he could pull off the quarterback thing. Yeah. I mean, I, and he might even be too old for it now, but I was just thinking like Channing Tatum would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Cause he's super funny. I feel like we haven't really seen him much lately and he could pull off that like schlocky, charming football star turned you know savior yeah i mean i mean 21 jump street 
Oh my yeah. God. So much. Fun. Yeah. No, Channing Tatum is great. So, so that was my, so that was for flash. My, my Zarkov is John Turturro. Oh, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I, I had a couple of thoughts for Zarkov and, and then I, I just kind of ended on, on Turturro and like, man, I would love to, he would have a blast with that. He'd be so much fun. Yeah. Um, my Dale, I'd put Tessa Thompson, uh, most, mostly cause I feel like I, I haven't thought of her for a lot of things lately and, uh, forgot how much I, you know, just enjoyed her work and what I've seen her do. So yeah, she's fantastic. And, and it's like, you know, if we're updating Flash Gordon and by the way, I would, I, I think I would set it present day. Yeah. Because also mm-hmm. it fits in like, you could take the same plot and I mean, man, wow. What if it was revealed that climate change was actually being caused by Ming the Merciless? Or like COVID. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, and of course right? there'd be a little dashboard that says COVID-19. Uh, yeah. So, um, and then, so for, for Ming, I was really, I was kind of like debating, like, does, just like, is is Ming's character supposed to play a, as as you know, Asian um and where so I kind of went in two different directions for Ming one direction was that Ming d- is not you know ethnically specific to earth right and that Mods Mickelson would would be a lot of fun so yeah he's fantastic his his role in Doctor Strange as, you know, the villain there definitely makes me feel he's appropriate. Also, I mean, we're talking about uh, two Bond villains. We have Max von Sydow as Blofeld. Yeah. And then we have, uh, I forget his name, but the Casino Royale, Tears of Blood, whatever his name is. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, that that's true. You know, there's a lot of James Bond people involved with uh yeah. in, involved with the Well T Daltz. Yeah. Yeah. So um and, and uh, but I was also thinking like okay, if 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 there should be a more accurate portrayal, the Michelle Yeoh came to mind. Okay. As as someone who who I don't know, like I haven't seen her in anything in a long time, and right, right. I thought I, I was like, man, I loved her in like in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, yeah, which I think was, and she was all, wasn't she also? She was also in a James Bond movie, was she? Yeah, I'm I'm almost positive she was. One, one of, of the uh, the Pierce one Brosnan the, ones. One of the Pierce Brosnan ones. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she was in like out of the like the like Tomorrow Never Dies. Maybe Tomorrow I think Never she's Dies. in. I think she's in that one. So I was thinking about about her. I was thinking about for some reason when I was trying to think of someone who would be a good ba- Baron. Uh, yeah. for, taking over t- for Timothy Dalton. Stephen Yoon was the first name that came to my mind oh, for great. some reason. Yeah. And I was like, I would like to see him do something like, like this. And for Aura, Priyanka Chopra was the first person. Really? I was okay. I, I don't know. I was thinking like there was, I forget what show it, it is that or it was that, that she was on, um, I like Quantico, I think it was. And oh, okay. I, I was thinking about, it. I mean, and I was like, I would love to see her in, you know, like in a, I don't know, a, a big sci-fi movie. I, I feel like she'd be really good. So, and of course there's yeah. so many other actors. I, you know, it's not like I spent hours with like a giant uh, whiteboard, you know, yeah. like plotting this all out. So I what, what are you, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with Flash Gordon? Well, before I talk a little bit more about that, I also just want to throw another name into the ring for, for Flash, and that would be the uh, recently reinvented Kumail Nanjiani. <laughs> He'd be great. How good would he be as a Flash Gordon? That'd be so much fun. Interesting, interesting. That's Adding it. a different element to the character, D- for sure. Yeah, yeah, wow, the the buff Kumail. Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, interested to see uh, Eternals. Uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, 
Chloe Zhao. I'm very well, excited to see what she would do with uh, a Marvel movie. Yeah, especially like since I I now I I I saw or I watched Nomadland, uh-huh. and just going from a project like that to a project like a Marvel movie and seeing, but also like recognizing what she, what she did with Nomadland and that kept it engaging and like suspenseful right in in a way not suspenseful in the traditional like john grisham suspense but uh like just suspenseful in a way like you're i really don't know what's going to happen to to this person yeah and i think that that also speaks to francis mcdormand's skills as an actor i i mean not to take anything away from chloe's out but i think that together they yes really made that that come out yes um so anyway so for my vision for flash gordon see the thing is like there's been so many iterations of it it has been a pinball game which i'd love to play sometime uh you know it there's been a a flash gordon role-playing game there's all sorts of things like that and i was thinking that it would be really fun if there was a flash gordon video game for like you know some of the newer consoles something with like a more open world vibe to it something like a mass effect type of game where you know you you are flash gordon you could play as you know zarkov you could play as dale you know it's like you know you you assemble this team of people and you you know are fighting against like you know it takes place maybe after the movie where it's like it's already established that they have done this thing in space. Granted, Dale does say that she's a New York gal and wants to go back home. Um, so, but Ming I is think still alive. It, well, okay. The movie ends, spoiler, with a the end of the question mark where ring, Ming, Ming's ring, rings Ming, Ming's ring is uh, that he uses to like, you know, I guess take all of the funnel all of his badness into one, like, you know, I, I don't even know how you would describe it. It's like this mystical, magical ring that he like has. Like his Schwartz ring. Space it's balls. his Schwartz. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, somebody, somebody grabs it and you hear the like cackle of Ming and we don't know what's going to happen, but you know, the other, thought that I had aside from uh, the video game. Okay. And Oh, and by the way, so this would continue them in space and uh, you know, maybe there's uh followers of Ming or the something completely separate. Like there's just other missions they have to do. But the other thing I was thinking was, you know, what if there was a sequel that took place shortly after this one and you know, fuck it recast people that, you know, have the same vibe or like explain why they look different. It's a campy movie. You know, no one's looking for a, like a realistic explanation of why Sam Jones, you know, is, looks like some other dude now. Um, Well, it's, it's it's from, it's from going through those like space flights without wearing any type of protective helmet or gear. You know, those G forces will, man, they'll, they'll they'll mess up the way your face looks. Absolutely. (laughs) so uh they get back to earth they get back to new york and you know maybe there is some sort of situation because they have gone into space maybe it's like an interstellar thing where like you know uh a year for them or like a week for them on mongo is like 10 50 years on earth or whatever you know something like that right so uh it's it's a different new york that they come back to and it's adapting to this new world and missing, you know, Mongo and, you know, Arborea and, and places like that. And it's more of a drama about, you know, needing to come to terms with the, the life they left behind, <laughs> you know, and finding their true identities. Wow. Being in a place where they're, you know, I mean, Flash Gordon was certainly celebrated on Earth as a football player, but like, you know, maybe Dale didn't have it so good on Earth. You know, we certainly know that Zarkov was a laughing stock. So 
Why would he want to go back? Yeah, no. What if, uh, like, Flash comes back and, I mean, I imagine if he was this big, famous football star, it would have been, like, if he's gone for 10 years, it's like, well, Flash Gordon, you know, vanished off the face of the earth. Literally, it turns out. Yeah. For 10 years, like, he comes back, he wants his his job back, and he doesn't know. And, oh, these crazy smartphones, what is this? You carry yeah, it's your like phone nobody in your likes, pocket. Nobody likes the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> it's the modern day Jets. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. There's, look, somebody's going to do something with Flash Gordon eventually, and it's going to be fun. Who knows what it's going to be? I would love to see that as like a Charlie Kaufman. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I would love to see like Charlie a Noah Kaufman. Baumbach. Do yeah, yeah, just like a <laughs> like Flash Gordon returns. Call it Flash Gordon returns. Yeah, just make it like all the posters have like this sleek. It's oh my god, yes, oh it's gonna be all that cool stuff. And then the the trailer is like it opens with a Simon and Garfunkel song. It's like the only living boy <laughs> in New York, and it's just yeah. Flash Gordon wandering around through times like it's during COVID or whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Ming. <laughs> <laughs> so um anyway yeah that's oh. that's what i got um wait on second that maybe having ming being responsible for COVID is not a good idea uh. but no absolutely not but there is one other thing that i did want to mention is that flash gordon as it is a cult classic has certainly been brought up in other pop culture including this clip from the movie Ted. Of course. Hey, Sam, this is the guy I was telling you about. So he's at a, a party in Sam Jones's house. Sam Jones's acting is better in Ted. Yeah. How you doing? Good to meet you. I thank you for saving every one of us. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> he acknowledged it. Let's do some shots. With you? Oh my god. Yes. Oh yes. my god, yes. Totally, yes. Let's go. Nice flash. There you go, my friend. Thank you. Death to Ming. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, you know, you guys seem pretty cool. You like the party? Oh. Uh, cocaine, right? Come on, dude. Don't tell me you've never done it before. Well, not. Oh, uh, recently, no. I thought that was just for people in Florida. You better follow me. Come on. Johnny, I'm frightened. <laughs> we are gonna party like the 80s. Show us how, Flash. It's easy. We just gotta nail a lot of girls named Stephanie. So uh, there is also a segment that I cut out of Mark Wahlberg's character and Sam Jones on like one of the like space jet skis <laughs> that uh, that he's on. And, you know, just this whole like dream sequence where he's with Flash Gordon. And then there's another scene that I decided not to show that is pretty racist because it is about somebody whose last name has Ming in it. And this person is a very over the top racist depiction got it so yeah 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 yes not great no no but hey, you know man it was it was 2012 those were different times <laughs> uh, we were everyone's you know still riding the high from hall pass <laughs> they're uh you know they don't know what's what no man what were we thinking back then in the early teens <laughs> we all so, thought the uh, world was gonna end oh yeah we thought you know what let's let's uh re-elect this uh obama guy everything's fine and then uh and then just a few years later look what happened uh, well so, we enjoyed it while we la while it lasted yeah yep. so dan um i i'm just gonna mention a, a quick little somber note yeah uh the day we're recording this well we have uh we have a 
a very positive thing. The day we're recording this happens to be Mark Lynn Baker's birthday. Uh, Dan, I don't know if you saw, but I acknowledge that on our Instagram stories in a picture with uh, myself, you, and our brother Scott getting an autograph from Mark Lynn Baker um, after a performance of A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. <laughs> and uh, Very memorable. Happy birthday, Mark Lynn Baker. Happy birthday, Mark Lynn Baker, on the day we're recording this, not the day this is released. But uh, we also found out that uh, John Paragon passed away today. And for anybody who's unfamiliar with him, you certainly would remember him as Jombie. If you're listening to this podcast, you know Jombie. Yes. Mecha, lecha, hi, mecha, hiney, ho. Terry. And um, yes. Oh, pee wee. (laughs) That was John. uh, That was, yeah, John Paragon. Absolutely. And also he was in uh, the uh, the movie that we're going to be covering on our next episode. Yeah. So our next episode in honor and memory of John Paragon, we are going to look at the, another cult classic the Weird Al Yankovic comedy UHF, directed by yeah. Jay Levy, uh, co-starring John Paragon as as Richard Fletcher, the son of R.J. Fletcher. R.J. Fletcher, uh, yeah. Played by the great Kevin McCarthy. And uh, uh, yeah, UHF also features well. um, uh, Victoria Jackson, uh, Emo Fran Phillips, Drescher. Fran Drescher, Billy Barty, um, yeah, Michael Richards. Michael Richards. Yeah, a, a great cast of characters. Anthony Geary. Anthony Geary is mm-hmm. is also in there. Who we we talked about. So was he in Disorderly? Did you say Billy Barty? I said Billy Barty. You said Billy Barty. Yeah. Good. Absolutely. Um, How could I forget Billy Barty? Yeah. And, and John the, the, John Bowie. David Bow. David Bow. David so Bowes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. David Oh, Bowe. and uh, Gede Watanabe. Right. As yeah. Cooney. Uh, yeah, another not great uh, depiction of an Asian character, but also we'll talk not, about that on not, the next episode. Not the first for that actor, having been in 16 right. Candles. Yes. So, yeah, yeah but, uh, you know, it, it's kind of, it's that's one of those movies that, that's been uh, a standby for us and hearing the news about sure. john paragon uh t- today it, yeah. it's only fitting for us to cover that next on our, on our next episode yeah absolutely well uh feel free to send us an email ruinchildhoodspod at gmail.com we have a a link tree filled with all of our socials and stuff like that it's uh link dot link tr.ee slash ruinchildhoods oh we got um, a new, uh, new f- t-shirt we got we have a, a somewhat new T-shirt up in the shop. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, check out our merch on um, tpublic.com. We've got a whole bunch of stuff that either has to do with ruined childhoods or is just movie themed in general. And uh, our latest one is in the style of the uh, the What About Bob? Don't hassle me. I'm local shirt. It's Don't hassle me. I'm vaccinated. So uh, if you want to show off the fact that you are fully vaccinated and that you love uh, What About Bob, then go ahead. You can support our show that way. Um, We really enjoy doing this show, and we hope that you enjoy it also. And, uh, you know, this will help us keep things going into the future. So, um, yeah, Dan... Oh my goodness, as you travel on a homemade spaceship to planet Mongo, I really do wish you a good journey. Good journey.
just a man with a man's courage. He knows nothing but a man where he can never feel. No one but the pure of heart can find the fucking holy grail. Oh, fucking flesh. 